Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the unification community as Hundukwe. Today we are reading from True Mother, Hak Jahan Moon, an anthology. Book 2, Part 2, Section 10 God's Model Ideal Family and Nation and the Peace Kingdom This speech was given by the Reverend Sun Myung Moon at a Korean Ambassadors for Peace and Leaders Conference on March 16, 2006 and then by Dr. Hak Jahan Moon between April 28th and August 19th, 2006, during a 180-nation Universal Peace Federation speaking tour to return to the original fatherland and hometown. Distinguished world leaders, ambassadors for peace, and blessed family members who have come from all parts of the world in hopes of bringing about the realization of world peace and building the ideal hometown in heaven and on earth. I would like to express my deepest gratitude to all of you for coming together in the midst of your busy schedules to take part in this rally to expand and elevate the family party for cosmic peace and unification to a global level so that it may be reborn as the Chunilguk House for Peace and Unification, to make the Universal Peace Federation a model UN-type organization, and to make Chunilguk the cosmic nation of peace and unity through the concerted efforts of all the nations of the world. A lifetime of looking only forward. As you may know, this year marks the 87th year since the birth of my husband, Reverend Moon. On this remarkable occasion, as a co-founder of the Universal Peace Federation, which is to open wide the era after the coming of heaven, I would like to convey to you the essence of the truth of heaven that my husband and I have taught throughout our lives. This message is entitled, God's Model Ideal Family and Nation and the Peace Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, on looking back, Reverend Moon's life has indeed been like a dream. At the young age of 16, with nothing but the buoyant spirit and aspirations of youth, he was called by heaven and began to live for the will of God. This left no room in his heart for any worldly ambitions that he may have cherished. It has never been an easy path, but he has followed it for more than 80 years, looking nowhere but straight ahead. This was the life he was fated to lead, with no choice but to shake off the embrace of his beloved parents and brothers and sisters who clung to him, wanting him to stay with them. They endured great self-sacrifice and walked a thorny path of dreadful suffering for his sake. It has been a journey through the wilderness that no one among the 6.5 billion people living on earth could ever comprehend. Even when he persevered through the hardships of prison life six times, he never let go of the key to the providence. Such has been Reverend Moon's life. God's Heartfelt Sorrow This was all because Reverend Moon came to know only too well how anguished, aggrieved, and full of bitter sorrow was the heart of God as he waited for thousands of years to find us. He realized that if God, who is the origin of billions of people and the creator of everything in the universe— was not relieved from his sorrow, human life would remain completely without value. When, where, and how did God come to carry such agonizing sorrow in his heart? Who on earth could inflict this grief upon him, the absolute and omnipotent being? God created Adam and Eve and established them as the first ancestors of humankind. He committed himself 100% to raising them as his son and daughter, connected to him through love, life, and lineage, for the parent-child relationship is the highest and most important of all relationships and the lineal relationship between parent and child is the only way through which the lineage can be bequeathed and thus last forever. However, this parent-child relationship, more precious and more important than life itself, was severed through the fall of Adam and Eve. As God's own flesh and blood, and as his eternal, only begotten son and daughter, Adam and Eve formed a blood relationship with his enemy, Satan, and became Satan's children instead. In the face of this, God's heart has been crushed and wounded with grief and sorrow throughout history. This still remains the most mortifying and harrowing anguish, which no one before in history could ever know or resolve. In this way, God's ideal of creation to establish a true family in that first generation through Adam and Eve, a family through which he could eternally pass on his lineage, was frustrated. 
The only way to relieve his sorrow is to restore and establish a true family unrelated to the lineage of Satan. Herein lies the reason why all of us need to establish true families, which is God's ideal of creation. Herein also lies the fundamental object and purpose of the founding of the Universal Peace Federation. Genesis 1.27 of the Old Testament tells us, So God created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. From observing God's creation as expressed in this passage, we can conclude that God is a being who compromises the essence of one man and one woman. Having these attributes, God could not enjoy a solitary life. Therefore, he created the universe as his object partner. That is, he created all things in the universe in the position of an object partner in image, and in the midst of this environment he created human beings as his object partners in substance. In this manner, the first masculine representative created by God as his object partner in substance was Adam, and the feminine representative he created was Eve. God had an objective in mind when he created man and woman as separate beings. God's Ideal of Creation First, God, who exists as an incorporeal being, though he is the subject being with dual characteristics and harmony, needed to assume a physical form through which he could relate with the entire world of substance, and not only the body of the man or that of the woman. Embodied within both Adam and Eve, he intended to communicate and work freely in relation to the entire universe, the world of substance. This is because the incorporeal God, without a physical body, meets certain limits in dealing with the corporeal world of substance. Therefore, if Adam and Eve had attended God in their hearts and become one with him, then married on the basis of having perfected themselves, had children and created a family, they would have become the external and horizontal true parents in substance, while God would have been the internal and vertical parent in substance. If only this had come to pass, Adam and Eve would have resembled God 100%, both in their inner nature and outer form. If Adam and Eve had become the true parents of humankind, achieving complete oneness with God, then through experiences with them in their daily lives, other people would have been able to perceive the true reality of God. Second, God created Adam and Eve for the fulfillment of love. He intended for Adam and Eve to reach perfection and become the embodiments of love in complete union. On that basis, he would have come and dwelt with them and become the parent of true love for all humanity. Adam and Eve, standing in the position of the parents of substance in the image of God, would have established an ideal family, and consequently an ideal world, through having their own children and multiplying. If this had come to be, the spirit world and the earthly world would have linked through human beings. We can conclude that God created us with the purpose of our being the connecting point between the spiritual and physical worlds. By coming to dwell in Adam and Eve based on true love, God could remain as the true parent, the parent in substance of humankind. Moreover, when the time came for them to end their lives on earth and pass on into the spirit world, even in that world he could take on the spirit bodies of Adam and Eve and manifest as the true parent through their form. However, due to the fall of Adam and Eve, God has not seen that ideal fulfilled. God does not need money, knowledge, or power. Since he is the absolute, almighty being, he does not need such things. Though modern society may be accomplishing spectacular advances, these are all part of the process of discovering new facts and truths within the realm of God's creation. The vast expanse of this universe operates in accordance with laws following an order that cannot be fathomed by human thought or science. In this sense, God is also the absolute scientist. Then what would have been the ideal that God hoped to achieve through the creation of humankind? It was to fulfill the four-position foundation. The four-position foundation signifies Adam and Eve in a state of complete union with God. This makes it impossible for them to separate from God's realm of love, no matter how hard they may try. In other words, it refers to the foundation of a family with God as its center, established when the husband and wife have achieved complete oneness, not only with each other, but also with God, and when they have become an ideal couple and given birth to ideal children. When the family four-position foundation is thus completed, 
that family becomes a family of the ideal of creation desired by God. Generally speaking, a family is formed through the coming together of husband and wife and of parents and children. At the center of that family group there must be God's love. At this point the husband represents heaven and the wife earth. When husband and wife have become one, horizontally speaking, their union symbolizes the unity of heaven and earth. Simply put, when husband and wife are in unity based on God's love, the way to bring unity in the universe opens up. Ladies and gentlemen, God created the world to receive joy from it. Since even the absolute being, God, could not feel joy while alone, he needed a partner with whom he could share the giving and receiving of love. This is because joy cannot be learned by one person alone, but can only be experienced through a relationship with a partner. To put it another way, God created this world in order to feel joy from seeing humankind and all things of the creation become one through his love, forming a harmonious and peaceful world of love. On such a basis, human beings were meant to form true conjugal relationships centering upon his love and to establish families, tribes, peoples, nations, and a world of true love. God created this world to participate directly in this process and to feel joy from it. We can see that human beings are absolutely essential to fulfill God's ideal of love, and in light of this, we can better understand the concept that absolute value is derived from an absolute partner. God as the Father and humankind as his children were to form a vertical axis, and this was the purpose for the creation of human beings. If this axis had been connected perfectly, that is, if a relationship that united humankind and God as one through true love had been established, that relationship would have been an absolutely inseparable one, which no force in the universe could break apart. How could anyone who has been bound to the original love of God and who has tasted that love ever be separated from it? With the coming of spring, honeybees wake up from their long slumber and are suddenly starving for the fresh nectar of the blooming flowers. Try pulling the abdomen of one such honeybee while it is lost to all else but sucking on that nectar. You will see that it cannot tear itself from the nectar, even if its abdomen is pulled off. How about you? Once you really get to know the taste of God's true love, you will never go far from it before you come back and cling to it once again. This shows that the power of the vertical true love that connects us to him is greater than the power of life. The value of a family of three generations living in harmony. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason we miss the family we have left behind is because at home there is love for one another. It is where the love of mother and father, the love of elder brothers and sisters and younger siblings, and the love of one spouse and children and close neighbors are all deeply embedded. It is a place of mutual affection, where relationships and affinities are brought together through mutual love. This makes you cherish each and every member of your family. It is the yearning and desire of any wanderer who has left his family behind to return to his family once again boldly, as a liberated being, and to embrace mountains, streams, and trees, love his relatives and countrymen, and sing songs of ecstasy. However, the situation of humankind, descended from the fall, has been different, banished from their original heavenly hometown and destined to wander around in isolation and defeat. Human beings are unable ever to go back, no matter how much they miss their family, for they have lost the root of the heart of their original homeland. However, with the ushering in of the era of a new heaven and a new earth, human beings have been pulled out of the swamp that has been sucking them down, and the way has been opened for them to return to their hometowns, hometowns that they could not forget even for a moment, and meet with their true family. Could there ever be a day of greater blessing for humanity? The time of heavenly power and fortune has now come, making it possible for us to reestablish the original family that was lost through the fall of Adam and Eve. When seeking after the lost original family, you should set out from the position of the perfected Adam, the position of the perfected Jesus, and the position representing the perfected second coming of the Lord. God will dwell in such a family. That family would be one of three generations, grandparents, parents, and children, living in harmony. 
Parents and children live in service and attendance to the grandparents as the historical root of the ancestors. The family sets the pattern for living together in harmony. The family wherein parents and children love and respect each other, husband and wife are grounded in mutual trust and love, and brothers and sisters trust and rely on each other, and all live together as one, is the model ideal family. This means that you need to establish a true family wherein the stem of true love emerges from the root of true love and bears the fruit of true love. In such a family, the root of history is alive, and the root of the kingdom of heaven extends into it. It is in such a family that the kingdom of heaven on earth takes root. It is also where the everlasting root of kingship is firmly planted. The roots of the past, present, and future are represented by the grandparents, parents, and grandchildren respectively. The root of the past represents the spirit world. The root of the present is the palace representing the world today. And the root of the future establishes the grandsons and granddaughters as princes and princesses. Through such a family, we erect a palace of peace, representing the harmony of the two worlds, the spirit world and the physical world. In this manner, the three generations of grandparents, parents, and grandchildren should live together as one family, serving the eternally existent God. You should know that to seek after and establish such a family of Chanilguk, God's kingdom, is the responsibility of tribal messiahs, the mission of the ambassadors for peace, and the desire of God. You should form families that God will miss and yearn to return to after he has been away. You should raise families to which God can come freely as a parent visiting his children. This is what it means to live in service to God. To such a family, God becomes the subject of our conscience, acting vertically. Following that vertical subject, your mind stands in the position of the vertical subject of yourself and brings your mind and body into unity. That is where parental love, conjugal love, children's love, and siblings' love, in short, the four realms of love or the four realms of heart, are perfected. Only in such a family can the upper and lower, front and rear, left and right be connected as with continuing circular motion. This leads to God's everlasting model ideal families and nations and his peace kingdom. The age of the eternal ideal kingdom of peace. Ladies and gentlemen, why should we get married? It is to restore the position of owner. A man or woman alone can only be one half of the whole. That is how God created us. For that reason, he has interchanged the owners of the reproductive organs, the love organs. The owner of the wife's reproductive organ is the husband, and the owner of the husband's is the wife. Only when each is rooted in love for the other can they stand in the position of the owner of their spouse. We marry to secure this position of the owner. Then what are we trying to achieve by restoring the position of the owner? It is to fulfill and embody God's love from that position. God is the subject of the three great loves. As the owner of the universe, he is the teacher, owner, and parent of true love. This is the three subject partners principle. All such teachings and truths are created based on the life of true model families, and once they expand, the society, nation, world, and even heaven and earth can be transformed into the peace kingdom of the model ideal family. Distinguished leaders, you are now living in the most blessed and exalted time in history. I now proclaim the launch of an era of a new heaven and earth, the era after the coming of heaven, long awaited and yearned for by billions of your ancestors in the spirit world who have come and gone in history. This is the era of the kingdom of the peaceful ideal world. Not only the four great religious founders— but also billions of good ancestors have come down to earth at this point to guide you on the heavenly path. The age in which the fallen and corrupted world plays havoc on humanity, allowing those who are evil to live better than others, is passing away. Reverend Moon, who has received the seal of heaven, has come as the true parent of humanity and the king of peace. He will be true to his promise to God. He will bring to fruition the era of the kingdom of the peaceful, ideal world on this earth, without fail. Therefore, please bear in mind that all of you gathered here today are the central figures in establishing the kingdom of the peaceful, ideal world on this earth, in attendance to the King and Queen of Peace, the true parents. 
Under the banner of the able type UN, let us sweep away the absurdities and the evil of this world through true love power. Let us become the proud Peace Kingdom Police and Peace Kingdom Corps of the Universal Peace Federation and protect the blessed families of the world. Let us fulfill our roles as the sentinels watching over this blessed land that is our planet. I pray that the blessings and grace of God may be with all of you leaders representing different areas of responsibility, whose presence has elevated this historic occasion. I ask you to devote your best efforts, as true parents have, toward the development and success of the Universal Peace Federation, and toward creating God's ideal family, ideal nation, and the peace kingdom. Please become true princes and princesses who can attend and live together with God, the eternal peace king, as the true parent of humanity. Let us each live up to the standard of a true filial child, a patriot, a saint, and a member of the family of divine sons and daughters of God, in order to create the peace kingdom for all eternity. May God's blessings be with you, your families, and your nations. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Tune in tomorrow for a reading of God's Ideal Family and the Kingdom of the Peaceful Ideal World.